Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 39 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends gather around a round table and discuss all things in the NHL and their implications in fantasy hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along <laughs> with my good pal this fine afternoon. Actually, not so fine. Quite, quite thunderous out. It's thunder. Thunderous on this on this Tuesday afternoon in in the lovely city of Toronto. Loveland. With my good pal, co-host Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you today? Doing pretty good, Nick. We're back here after another schmuck loss last night in our three on three league. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen gentlemen, we're 0 for five, is it? Four. Oh for four. Yet to win a game. Last night was a bit closer. We were uh what, ten seven? But uh you know what, Nick? I think it's time to implement the system. The system. The, the system. lock. We simply don't have the talent to compete with most of these teams. And the skating, for sure, too. Yeah, the, just... the, the hockey sense needs to take a notch up. We all got to play like Mark Stones and Ryan O'Reilly's. Yes. We can't squa- skate like the wind. We can't shoot like these mooks on the other no, teams. No, no, no. Uh, we need to change things quite dramatically. The big question when you get into leagues like this, and it, it, this is where it gets tough to be a coach slash leader, is how much do you push your guys and how much do you implement control knowing that it is such a recreational <coughs> business, right? Like we don't want to lose the room you by don't. implementing a system or putting lines together or anything But like you that. know how you get people to buy into a system? Winning You games. lose a lot of games first. Uh, you lose... You let the pain seep in. Let it seep. And then the players buy in. Yes. So some serious preaching will have to be done in the weeks ahead. Agreed. Bench management. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I don't know about that. Everything. Not until playoffs can we start benching guys. No, I don't mean benching guys. I just mean getting our lines in sorts. Ah. We're learning about the team every week. The good thing is you leave every loss Mm. knowing more about the team. You got to leave every loss having learned more. Right, so you can learn from your mistakes. Yeah. So, at the very least, we'll, we we're learning each and every day about what what we got in front of us, and and now we just got to make it work. And and hell, hell, even the stats guys haven't even got it together. I've scored a goal that you haven't seen, so you're in denial. I've even scored yeah, a goal. Haven't seen it. That's yet. gone. Dante, uh, <laughs> proud friend of the Rink Moose podcast, he scored his first goal last night. He didn't even get credit for the goal. Are you serious? He, he's crying downstairs right now oh as we're talking. God. He did not get the goal. Did you score last night? I did. 
Okay. They, so, they counted it. So we were wondering if his goal went to you. but No, I got one. That's, so, so clearly it went to somebody else. That's treason. So Dante had a goal and an assist. He didn't get either. His they assi- don't do assists. You don't, no, false. His assist went to someone on our team. Some guy has an assist. So what they'll, I, th- I think they only count about a quarter of the assists that go they on. They have to be game. like super, super primary assists. Even, like I didn't get a, yeah, even that is tough. They will not, uh, unless they're feeling good about it, they'll they'll put it down. But basically it's, it, they count goal scoring for the most part mm-hmm. and then the rest of it's, forget it. Yeah. So it's been, that's, the stats have been quite disappointing <laughs> to this point. So none of us can really, you know, have any uh, trust <clears throat> And who exactly is, is doing this? It, it certainly has fallen below my expectations, given what we were expecting. But, yeah. uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the team, and we got to get our act together. So, yeah, on to the next one. Well, here's one more thing, is that the toughest thing about... We added a guy, great guy. Mm. We've got 10 skaters now, mm-hmm. which tends to mook the lines a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you never know who you're going to end up playing with. And uh, sometimes lines are better than others. Mm-hmm. And we've we come to yeah. realize that, and then yeah, like if, if everyone stays on for the same amount of time, then we don't have an issue. Everyone plays right. with the same guy, but if guy one guy's on for four minutes and another guy's only on for a minute, well, that's when the line gets they get mooked. Mm-hmm. So again, that's something we're gonna have to preach as well is shorter shifts, especially when the other team's out skating us, right? Yeah. All right. Well, Regardless, yeah. It. Enough of the novice league. <laughs> the, the the league nobody cares about and on to the one that actually means People something care. and that's uh the lovely national hockey league we, we are into the stanley cup final lame it is the st louis blues and the boston bruins Ooh. as as i predicted on the oh. last show oh yeah i am now a perfect six for six in my no. predictions since the first round so I, I will tap myself on the shoulder for that one um, Kyle, not so much, uh, but we'll leave that. We'll leave that on the side. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, we got those two teams. We'll start with, with recapping just what the hell happened. Um, the most anticipated series of course was San Jose, St. Louis, my two big horses in the race. Mm. Um, I, I thought it would be a tight series. I thought it would be a long series. It certainly was that. Maybe not the ending I was expecting. Maybe not the direction I thought it would go. But in the end, St. Louis wins this series in six. I've watched every game of the series. When I just came back from a vacation and from the Caribbean, I was watching these games every night I could. Um, but before I get into my thoughts, Kyle, what what do you what do you what do you got to say about this series? Uh, I was a little disappointed with how things shook out in the end. You know, those big blowout losses to uh, to San Jose at the end. Uh, it almost seemed in a way that karma finally caught up with them. It was one of the most tainted runs we've seen in a long time. And while it did make it special for some of the older players to get that far, uh, it was tough to deny the hockey gods any longer than, than they did. So I think they lost 5 nothing in, in the second last game and then 5-1 in the last game. And uh, as well, the injuries caught up with them. So this is where we started seeing guys fall down. And we Pavelski went down earlier. Carlson was, was injured too. And God knows where his career is going. We can talk about that. Um, and then, yeah, they simply couldn't, uh, couldn't match the, 
the exuberance, the energy of uh, of St. Louis after, let's be honest, uh, San Jose had a really tough road to uh, to get here. So they went through two game sevens and uh, they just ran out of steam. They ran out of steam and uh, St. Louis, they were the deserved winner, deserved winner. Well, and speaking of the hockey gods, I think I'll start with the game three. I think that was kind of the changing game in this series. I, I remember watching down in Aruba with, with Dante, and he was livid because he, he said this is the third time San Jose has been the be- beneficiary of a botched call, mm. right? You had, you, had game one, you had the Vegas game, which we've talked about enough on this show. The Colorado game, which you're still livid about, the offside, albeit not as controversial as these other two, but still controversial nonetheless. Yeah. And then, of course, this third call, which was clearly a hand pass by Timo Meyer. God no, damn. None of the four refs see it. They can't review it. It's literally playing on the Jumbotron above them, and they're refusing to look at the thing. Wow. We, we can talk about that thing for the, for the, till the cows come home. But the point is... They got lucky yet again. They take a 2-1 commanding series lead, a huge win on the road. And the reality is they didn't win a game after that. It seemed it fueled St. Louis. They won a game four that a lot of people said they were fortunate to win given the the late push San Jose had in the last 40 minutes of that game. Um, They win the game five in, in, in San Jose. And where I think they started to impose their will on the Sharks. We saw Eric Carlson leave the game early. He was kind of in distress. And then, of course, game six, you're no Pavelski, mm. no Carlson, no Hurdle, right? Are, so that's like three of your top five players on your team. You're done. You're absolutely done. Done. Uh, I know they called up the Gambrell kid, and he scored a goal in game six. That was good to see. But, Gibraltar. man, it, it, they were grasping for straws. Yeah. And uh, it, it just seemed like the St. Louis Blues, this, this, this hard-nosed physical team, they had a plan. It was like starting from game one, we're going to like fuck up Carlson. Like mm. we're going we're to destroy him. Thornton, destroy him. Pavelski, destroy him. All these 39-year-olds and the guy who's been laboring all season, Carlson, let's just muck mm. them. Mm. And they did that. Guys like Shen would throw his body around, the Maroons, Sammy Blay. Who is mm. who? I love. I I think he's now he forged an identity as as a kind of physical two way player. You know, I, I knew what a Fabry was, and but Belay he was kind of a, a prospect. I didn't really know what he was, but of late he's really caught my eye. Uh, Binnington was great when he had to be. I wouldn't really say he was amazing, but he was he was just good when he had to be. Tarasenko he was a point per game guy in this series after a quiet two series earlier before that. Um, O'Reilly had to make some adjustments. You know, Couture was beating him in the face-off circle, but he, he, he stepped it up later in the series. I know they lost Vince Dunn, but, you know, <clears throat> the reality is a guy like Gunnarsson filled in just fine. It was just, they had a goal. Let's, let's beat the shit out of this team. They're, they got old guys. They've got injured guys. Let's just impose our will and physicality on them. They did that. And I think in game six, San Jose just had nothing left. It's amazing the way Baruby managed uh, his game plan. Mm. Was this hard for you to watch at all, Nick? Absolutely not. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, a part of me was rooting for the Blues. I'll admit that now. Why? Now, I couldn't say that before the series. 
because uh, I didn't want to f- seem biased. Mm. But now at the end of it, I was going for the Blues. A, I will admit, they did get lucky in the Vegas series. I had Vegas winning the series. They locked it down. They had the magical run, but they still didn't deserve to have that opportunity thrown their way. Mm. Um, I think they earned the win against Colorado. I won't I won't go that down that road. Um, but the luck plus the fact that you know, I, I have more of a connection with the St. Louis Blues. I was just there a month ago, spoke to some fans. <clears throat> Great sports city. Can't really say the same about San Jose. Terrible place. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't... <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the drought that St. Louis has been on, the story. 49 years. Exactly. It, it's, 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 it's amazing. And uh, all those things added together made, made me feel this was the right Call, the the mm. right event happened. It had to go this way. It couldn't have gone the other way. Even though the veteran presence on the other team with the stories and the magic. Don't care. Don't care. You got to earn it. I don't yeah. care how much of if, if you're a veteran. You got to earn your cups. You can't just be given a cup with yeah. some botched calls. The hand pass was ridiculous. That's that, that can't happen. That was probably that was probably the worst, most obvious one. Yeah. That was just missed. It was it was brutal. Especially, yeah. like, it, it, it still boggles my mind how a ref can't look at video review. Yeah. You, you should be able to look at everything. If it's so blatant and obvious that there was a mistake on the ice, and all it takes to, make, to, to, to renumerate that mistake is to just look at a 10-second clip on your tablet on the side of the bench, then do it. <clears throat> yeah. It's almost as if they're saying, the second we start looking at tablets every minute, then the NHL is going to take our jobs from us because we're going to be deemed irrelevant, mm. right? It's, it's like they're, they're closing their eyes, the tunnel vision, and saying we don't want to look at reviews because it's going to make us look bad. Yeah. Well, you're already looking bad by missing these calls, so why not at yeah. least make the situation right by, by actually bringing in video review? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the Jeff O'Neills of the world was, will say that he doesn't want the game slowed down by Stupid. all these The all game's these not going to slow... The game's, the game's fast enough. If, no, if, I mean like with like taking all these stoppages to replay. I don't care if, if it means getting the right call, like justice. Okay, this is now the the jurist speaking. But the fact you just want you want the right call. Yeah, I don't care if if they have to cut to commercial break, or 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 have a three minute stop in action. Get the right call so we're not talking about this for the next days, months, and years. Right. Yeah. Like what? What's five minutes matter in stopping a game if it's going to stop all this commotion that basically we're talking about at this moment? So Stupid. San Jose crumbles next year, falls out of the playoffs, um, loses Carlson, Thornton's on his last legs, probably retires. What what goes on next year? I think Doug Wilson. He's going to have to sit down, <clears throat> general manager, and he's going to have to think. Okay. Do we want to become the St. Louis Blues? Do we want to be a heavier team? Right. A good quote by Pete DeBoer after his elimination was, the two teams left are the heaviest teams in the league. So at the end of the day, we talked all year. We talked all year about the death of heavy hockey, and you were smiling and I was crying. But the, but the reality is, in the, <laughs> in the playoffs, it still gets it done. The, the heavy hockey formula still leads to success. And the Blues and the Bruins are the heaviest teams in the league. You can't argue against that. So I, I, San Jose, they're going to have to sit down and go, okay, how do we become heavier? Or they're going to go, no, we need to be faster. I mean, to get younger, right? 
get get these older guys who are getting injured out of the room. <clears throat> so they got to go one direction or the other, and that's going to be a big debate. As far as the two vets go, Thornton Pavelski, I know Thornton turns 40 in July. I know Pavelski, he's not getting any younger either. Both unrestricted free agents. Mm. Uh, I think the most likely outcome is they both come back. I, I just, given how at peace they are with being in San Jose, uh, I can't see them retiring. I, I sure as hell wouldn't like to see Thornton retire, especially after getting so darn close. Um, but I, hey, a lot, I've heard a lot of trusty sources saying they're going to move on. Pavelski, he's a Wisconsin native, so he, he might want to move away from San Jose to go to a team that has a better shot at the cup, given his years are, are you know, one or two years left. Mm. Maybe Thornton does the same, right? We saw Patrick Marlowe do it for the Leafs. The yes. guy was a Sharks his whole, his whole year, and, and he, at the end of the day, he walked. And, yeah. and, and, and the Leafs are in a better position to get a cup than San Jose. So... He made that move, and, and we may see Thornton and Pavelski follow suit. So I, I, don't, I can't say for certain I know what's going to happen, but if there's a most likely outcome, I'd say they both stay. Mm. But it's, it's fascinating. It, along with Columbus, it's one of the definitely most fascinating off-season teams to tr- keep track of. Well, I think back to the Matt Sundin thing where he left the Leafs to go play with Vancouver for that chance of winning. But to be honest, I, I don't see Thornton as a guy who cares as much about actually winning. I think he just loves the sport, and I think he really is super comfortable and loves San Jose. So that's why I think he will, you know, stick around for that reason. I think Pavelski's got some good years still left in him, so that'll make him stay as well. But uh, you brought up the point about how the heavy hockey thing is kind of making a... It's rearing its ugly head because... When Pittsburgh went back-to-back, they kind of set the template for a championship team, which was speed, 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 and skill. And then the, the, the league kind of followed. Like, we know this is a copycat league. And uh, everyone kind of went, all right, we got to get faster. We got to get more skilled. But what we're seeing here, and even a little bit with Washington last year, is more of a, a switch to the heavier style winning out. I mean, Boston beat Toronto. Mm-hmm. With that formula, they Toronto is a skilled, fast team. Boston was the heavier, more defensive team. So this is why I, I question, what is the league? How is the league going to react to this? Are we going to continue our trend of getting smaller, skilled, more f- quick? Or are we going to maybe balance things out a little bit more? Because the trend before this playoffs was skill, you know, s- skill, speed, everything. Done. We don't heavy hockey doesn't win anymore, Nick. That's what the motto was. Has that changed in a in a lasting, impressionable way on this league? I think we're going to see a hybrid. I think we're going to see teams go. We should play the speed game for eighty-two games. We've learned the heavy way. It doesn't work for eighty-two games. It just doesn't. We saw St. Louis try to do it from day one, and they plummeted in the standings and were last place on January first. I, the Kings plummeted 20 games in. Ooh, I mean, they're bad. I, it's not sustainable for 82 games. It's stupid to play that way for 82 games. I think you, you, you adapt. You think of a hybrid approach. You go, <clears throat> we're going to go speed for 82 games, not impose our will that much, uh, not make ourselves as vulnerable physically so guys like Carlson are barely standing come the playoffs. And, and then come, we, come playoffs, you flip the switch and change your identity. 
And the Leafs, they kind of adapted some of that. You know, we heard Babcock say we got to change the way we play in the playoffs. Less loosey-goosey, more attention to detail. So I think a team like the Leafs is a team that kind of has the right idea. It's just a matter of them, uh, you know, not just having the right idea, but also, uh, you know, implementing it and, 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 and bringing their idea into action. So I think that's kind of the hybrid approach that teams are got, they got to aim for, for sure. Mm. Hybrid is good. Yes. Hybrid, yeah. And uh, I don't want I don't want to get into it, but there the rumor on the street is that Marner's tra- contract talks will go be- beyond July first, which means offer sheets. Yes. Which Pierre Maguire did predict he will get offer sheeted. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. But we better move on to Boston, Carolina. Yeah. No. I I I think I hit on every note I wanted to on the San Jose, St. Louis. Um, clearly, I mean, again, Thornton was very upset. You saw his reaction after the game. He went right off the ice interview, very brief. Pete DeBoer, it looked like he was glossy eyed, almost was crying at the podium, Mm. talking about how he he was just ashamed of himself and the team, how they couldn't do more for Jumbo. Oh, he said, "It's, it's a shame. We can't, we can't do enough to get him to that elusive cup. Um, so that was kind of sad to see. Um, Jumbo. but they move on. You know what? what? Maybe he will go somewhere else. Maybe yeah. he should. Maybe if he anyone should. will have him, like I don't even know—is he still good? <laughs> Tell me, is he? Well, good? he had a great game three in the series. Uh, he was arguably their best player in the game three in St. Louis. Really? Yeah. From time to time, he's capable of putting together a good game. The playmaking's there, still there. The skating, yeah. not so much. I think as long as you implement him correctly. Give him bottom six minutes. Don't give him top six. And then put him, give him a lot of power play time. As long as you do that, I think he's a valuable asset on any team in the NHL. All right. Plus the character in the room. This, yeah, is, well, this, guy argu- this guy arguably has the most character in the entire league. So, well, seriously. Character, yeah. But maybe like whether it's good or bad, or we don't know. But character, yeah. So, I, I, think, I think there is a place for him if he does want to test the market. Mm. That's just the, that's the golden question. Mm. Will he even want to? As a fourth liner, perhaps. Absolutely. Fourth liner. Absolutely. On a good, good team. Yes. Not Boston. Any other good, good team, but not Boston. He couldn't go back there after the whole mm. era. But wouldn't that be cool? If he went back to where he was drafted, yeah. to where he got traded from? I think that would be I don't think cool. there's a lot of pride there. I think that would kind of tarnish his reputation among his peers, yeah. you know? <clears throat> I guess so. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe the Leafs. Mm, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, why not? I'd love that. Why not? I think that'd be great. Him and Marlowe? Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe what take you, out Marlowe. What do you mean? You think I don't know if you can afford to have two slow guys oh. on the ice. Come on. Let's <laughs> well, face Marlo's it. Marlowe's of average speed. Marlowe. Marlowe's... The critics still won't shut up about him in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe to see them make trade spots. But he's no, nah, oh no, actually scratch the Leafs because they need to free up cap room. Yeah, they, they got to sign. They guy. don't want that guy. They don't want but we'll, we'll see where he goes. Anyways, next Boston. series, I want to spend a lot less time on this one. Same. <sighs> not much to say here. Not really. I mean, it was one team flexed hard. Hey, I'll say this. Interesting little note. Every team in the East that swept... Well, not every team, but uh, mo- almost every team in the East that swept later got swept. So the Islanders swept Pittsburgh. They then got swept. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes swept the Islanders. They then got swept. The only one who was impervious to this 
was Columbus, obviously, uh, taking Boston to six. But uh, just a funny little thing there. Um, but I think uh, what I took out of this series, and I, I think Boston's going into this finals as, as the stronger team, the, more, the team with more swagger, perhaps. Uh, I think they're feeling pretty darn confident coming out of this tough East. Um, I think what we're seeing is uh, this team, this core, this Boston core, perhaps inserting itself. And I'm talking just the core, not the whole team. This Boston court inserting itself as one of the best in the in the last decade. Like when you look at the in the last ten years, several teams have won several cups: Pittsburgh, Chicago, um, L.A. And if Boston wins this one, then they'll be in, in that in that class. Cup final in 2011, cup final yeah. in 2013, and a cup final in 2019. Yes. that's three cup finals in the last eight years. Which is very impressive. So this core has just doesn't get enough enough respect. And if they do win this, then they'll be up there right amongst the LA's, Chicago's, Pittsburgh's of, of the last decade as as a brilliant team. But what's more um, what's more brilliant is those other teams you mentioned, they win their cups in like back to back years or two and three years. What's yes. brilliant about Boston is you go good run in twenty eleven, good run twenty thirteen quick hybridy rebuild you know and then yeah. you're back in 2019 it's brilliant and the interesting thing they never really bottomed out like uh they never really went into dip down into the bottom never. 10 of the league never. they never got a top 10 pick in there sure they got those three first rounders in a row which they botched in uh, 2015 so they they blew that and they're still able to find young guys later in the draft that that pan out so they've They've had a mix of good management, and honestly, they got lucky with getting a super, super good core uh, from the beginning. The Bergeron, Marshawn, Chara, uh, you add Pasternak to that group. Krejci is an important piece. Uh, these guys have been been there through it all. Not Pasternak, but you know he's he's been important lately. And uh, what you what you have is just one of the better teams of the last decade and we don't uh, we don't talk about them enough no and uh i mean you won't like this but it almost seems like they like with the way they draft and cultivate there's like an identity about them very bostonian very ncaa inspired mm. and and i just you know of course i'm going to name drop pierre here because he's he's just nuts about this shit but you know you look at guys like um connor clifton who many people said was the player of the game last night? Quinnipiac. Oh, Where, where's Quinnipiac? Out of Quinnipiac. I don't know. Um, a guy like uh, Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> was he Boston College? I think he was Boston College. He's a thoroughbred American. You know, guys like guys like Nomachari. Now hold on, before you go any farther, Nick. None of their core are American. Not single True, one. but it's the young kids who they've put in their lineup sure, that have support. helped this transition. Sprinkle it in, sure. That have changed the game. But you've got a without these kid Without these kids, that core is not going anywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess. Think of I the guess. impact that, that, that McAvoy's had yeah. or, or that fourth line, the Achari Corrali line. Not you know? even their goalie is American. No, but it's these kids that they're drafting and putting in. It's yeah. amazing. I, One I, day this is going to come back to bite them, I'm telling you. This bias. How? 
Because look at the 2015. You drafted three schmucks. One good one. Jake DeBrusque. Oh, big deal. Yeah, that was the one negative. People will point to those three picks back to back to back. Thing is, could you imagine if they hit on them? Oh, mm-hmm. they'd probably have a cup by now already. Sure. Yeah, but. if you if you if you draft Colin White, yeah. Pierre still maintains sure. they should have taken the Bostonian boy Colin White. With See, that's perplexing, picks. extremely perplexing that they they wouldn't take highly touted Colin White. Yeah, I don't know, but but the reality is it, it's just this it's this perfect blend of of wily veterans mm. and 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 fresh faces out of the New York Boston East Coast area, mm-hmm. and it and it's worked flawlessly. Wow. And and we saw it work in spades. <clears throat> a a four oh sweep of Carolina. The best way I'd summarize this series without getting too deep into it is I look at Brindamore. I listened to him after the fourth game. It it was less him talking about what his team didn't do and more him just kind of just sucking the dick of the Boston Bruins. Right? Yeah. He was up there at the podium going they're the best team in the league. <laughs> they do. They do everything amazing. Wow. You, you just can't beat them. Like he was. He would not shut up. Wow. About about these 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 Bruins. Yeah. And and to me, it just looked like they were outmatched. And and I I told you. I told the audience. That's how I saw the series going. And 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 I know we don't like to delve too much into lineups and matchups, you know, exhaustively and too much. But if you just compare these teams. They were nowhere in the weight class of the Boston Bruins. Bruins, top three centers, Bergeron, Craigie, Coyle, Corrali. That's your top four. Whoa. Carolina, Aho, Stahl, Greg McKegg, and Lucas Walmark. Greg McKegg those is where two it falls guys, off. Those two bottom <laughs> guys are arguably in the AHL. Yeah. Greg McKegg was with the Leafs in the AHL just two or three years ago. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to cut it, okay? Brock McGinn on your third line, Fogel on your third line. Fogel. It's it, it, it. Hey, I know the defense is great, but the depth up front it wasn't there, and we saw Boston just dominate games two, three, and four. It looked like in game one, Carolina let it get away, and after that, they kind of just dipped their heads and said, "If if we couldn't beat them in that game one, we can't beat them in any other game." Mm. And the other games were just. Not even close. I know the scoreboard was a little close for some of them, but let's be honest, Boston dominated those games. So I'd say it went just the way we predicted. Um, and kudos to Carolina. It's it's going to be an interesting offseason to see what they do, especially with the, with the owner who seemingly no one understands what direction he's going in, what the hell he's going to do. He could trade Sebastian Ajo tomorrow for all we know. Right, like mm. this guy's a mystery man. Yeah. Um. So it'll be another fascinating off season, but I'm sure they're just proud to get there. The conference final, they had no business getting that far, and and they did it. So kudos to them, and and of course kudos to Boston to getting to the cup final. Yeah, the one where I will give uh, Carolina credit is they do have the number one best AHL squad out there. They're going into the uh, into the finals there. And they, I've actually watched them play in person. They're they're a really good squad, really good players hanging AHL out. AHL team, AHL. the Charlotte 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 Checkers. Yeah, they just beat the Marlies. Yes, they're a very good team. Um, but with all that said, all this promise, all this good thing about Carolina, it, you're right in the fact that it is an interesting off season because at the same time, I I don't think they're 
super close still. Like, I still don't think they're really close. If you were to tell me, hey, you know, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, what are the chances of them doing again next year? Fucking slim and none. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. It, it, I hope they don't see this as like an Ottawa Senators situation where they think they're close. They add a couple big names. They sacrifice the future a little bit. And then they, they, they plunder. They fall. Because I think they still have a lot of work to do, if I'm honest. That uh, the forward depth I don't love. The goaltending I don't love either. Uh, Svechnikov's a great, great player. And um, while the AHL team is good, there's not necessarily a, a superstar down there. Um, defense is amazing. Like, don't even worry about that. But, you know, Jordan Stahl is a good, good second-line guy. But offensively, I don't know how capable he can be as a second-line guy. Uh, there's just there's still work to do. So I, I, I think this is a good run for them, but take it with a grain of salt for Carolina fans, for sure. Yeah, and maybe this reopens the conversation of trading one of the defensemen and getting that forward, right? Yeah. They were they were kind of dangling those the Pesci's of the world, the Slavens of the world at mm. other teams all year, saying we want a sniper, we need help up front. Maybe they finally do it in the offseason. Yeah, I think... Uh, it's it's really not a bad idea. You got you've got guys like Jake Bean on the in the AHL who's going to be a, a fantastic guy. So you can replace these guys with with in-house talent, which is good. So yeah, I think that's a that's a it's a good time to start doing that kind of thing. Well, shutting the book on the Carolina Hurricanes, we move on to the <clears throat> Stanley Cup final. <clears throat> As Pete DeBoer said, the two heaviest teams in hockey. Um I'll just start off by saying I expect this to be one of the best Stanley Cup finals in recent history. It's, Come on. It, it, it is almost two teams that deserve the cup at this moment. Like If I were the man with the white gloves, I, I would hand them the, the, the cup right now. If there were two cups, two cups, I'd give it two cups to them. No. One, one to the other, one to the other. Really? But there's only one. Only one team can win <clears throat> the cup. The other will be heartbroken. Mm. Two very deserving teams, right? Yes, a resilient bunch in St. Louis, right? Yes. Um, you go down to Dallas, 2-3. We'll start with Winnipeg. You go down to Winnipeg in that game five we were watching. Jaden Schwartz had to score that miraculous goal to get them back in it. They win that game, they win the game six. You go to Dallas, you're down 2-3. You got to win two games, the first in Dallas, the second, a double overtime game winner by the St. Louis native Patty Maroon. And then you go to the San Jose series where you got to literally beat the team of destiny in San Jose and you do it in six games, mm. imposing your will, breaking their bodies in the process. Oh, it's brutal. It's a great path. It's a great story. They're definitely more the destiny team of these two, mm. given the storylines, right? The yeah. Patty Maroon goal we, we I just mentioned, Jaden Schwartz, uh, I, I believe... You know, unfortunately, his sister fought her, uh, lost her fight against cancer very recently. That's a huge story. If he wins the Conn Smythe, um, you know, the, the new coach coming in halfway mm. through the year, ascending from the literally the bottomless pit of the standings, young Bennington coming into play. The storylines are yeah. amazing with this team. Mm. They just are. This, this team, if, if, if this were like a Hollywood script, this should be the team that wins. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other team, talent throughout the board. Like I said, wily veterans. Had a tough path. You know, I think Leafs in seven was tough. I think having to play Columbus after them sweeping Tampa in six, 
that was tough. Carolina was a gimme, but those two are still very tough matchups. Guys like Chara are on their last legs here. Bergeron, he's not getting any younger. It's a, it's a, it's a really great storyline. Think of this. Bergeron and O'Reilly, arguably the two best defensive centers, two-way centers, are going to match up lock horns in this series. Mm. It's amazing. You can't write this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a Tuka Rask, who's been the best goalie in the whole, in the whole playoffs, is facing off against this young Bennington. <laughs> it's, it's, it's truly... I it, can't take it. The, when you the call story, the storylines in this are great. I don't, ah. I don't recall a cup final where I've cared so much about it, and it, and it's, and it's a, it's, it's. I'm, I'm happy to see that, and and I think this is going to be a long series. What do you think? I think this is going to be a short series. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna drop. Completely the bomb. contradicting everything just I just gonna, said the last five minutes. Just gonna drop it on you right there. Um, yeah, I think in a vacuum in black and white ter- territory, I- I'd like to uh, to say I agree with you that the, the St. Louis Blues are the team that w- we should want to win. You know, they haven't won in a long time. They've got these storylines, except for the young Benny one. Uh, he kind of takes away from all their good stories. He's just kind of a, a, a dick. Uh, so they've, they've got all the storylines, but... I mean, we'll be honest here. We're we're recording this after the first game of the series. And uh, the way that Boston turned it around... So, yeah, we are kind of cheating. doesn't matter. The way that Boston turned it around after going down two, there was this relentless um, just sense of these guys, when they're clicking, cannot be denied. And I just think that they've got the leadership, the coaching, the experience. They taste victory like they once did. I think they're going to be clicking for most of the series. And in that case, I think St. Louis is going to have a, a very, very tough time. Very tough time indeed. And I think the greatness of guys like Marshawn and Bergeron and Pasternak uh, is going to shine through. Pa- Charo's on his last legs, Yes. Uh, but this would be a great way for his career to wind down. Perhaps he's not done this year, but it will be winding down. Uh, and I, I think as much as I like, I had no business cheering for Boston, but I do somehow, some way want them to win. This is my, my dad's favorite team. He's shed tears over this team for many, many decades. Um, and I just think there's a lot of veteran greatness, guys who've seen it, done it, and uh, and will continue to do it. Ryan O'Reilly's great. You can compare him to Bergeron in some ways, but you know, before this playoff run, he was labeled as a guy who can't win. He's he's gotten this far, and that's amazing. But Bergeron's won at pretty much every level, every level, and done so as a key key figure. Uh, there's just no denying guys like this, and the way they moved the puck in Game One, it was unbelievable. They had a tougher, they had a. a far longer break this team's been sitting down working out and and enjoying themselves for two weeks plus because they swept uh, Carolina they have been chilling out and doing everything possible to get ready for this series in the most disciplined way possible and I think um, I think yeah I I just think there's no denying them I think you're going to see a charging bull gain momentum and then uh, you won't be able to stop it once it gets going which uh, which is sad, 
uh, for St. Louis because I do respect how far they've come. Uh, but young Bennington will go home in tears and he will show his first slice of emotion oh, that he's he shown all year. He's actually quite emotional when he gives up goals. Oh. He, he's pissed. He's more so he's pi- breaking. He's, bra- he's been breaking since the Winnipeg series. Remember that game he got lit up? You saw him drop the F-bomb. He was dropping his head all over the place. He was reacting in that series. Yeah. He doesn't react. He's weird. He doesn't react when he wins, but he reacts when bad th- shit happens to him. Like mm. last night, that that uh, the McAvoy goal that he scored, the one he thought he should have had to tie it up two two, he was very uh, vocal and very depressed after that goal. So I wouldn't say he's as stoic as he's been, um, you know, called out to be. Um, yeah, I don't he know. He comes across selfish to me. Selfish. He does. And I'll tell you what, he's not going to cry if they lose this series because he's going to go right up to Dougie Armstrong and say, "Listen." I brought this team from the bottom in the standings to in the <clears throat> Stanley Cup final. And that yeah. Jake Allen guy on the bench, oh. he's not going to solve this problem for you. Do you remember him? He I might win a I cup. I don't even remember Jake, Jake Allen. Jake Allen might win a cup. Oh, my God. That's bad. Jake Allen might win a Stanley Cup. Your favorite goalie of all time. He might have his name engraved on that cup. That's nasty. That might be almost as unjust as Pierre Maguire's name being on that cup. <laughs> It's nasty, man. Nasty. Jake Allen, the biggest fucking joke of the biggest last Biggest joke years. in the last <laughs> set history of the NHL might have his name on the cup. So he's out of there. I think he's out of St. Louis at the end of this year. I, I heard Allen. I heard rumors Montreal is going to get him. Fuck. Yeah, I'll send, you no the ar- I, I'll send you the article after they this. They don't want him. They do. As a backup, they've got tons of goalie prospects. They, they tons say, of them. They say they might take him as a, as a backup. Charlie Lindgren. Because what St. Louis is going to do is, is they're going to they're going to give Allen to a team to eat up his four million a year, but they're going to give him with an elite prospect just for someone to take his his. Wow! So they're going to give Allen and Jake Wallman. No, we to, don't to want Montreal. Wallman. We don't want Wallman. Highly touted prospect. He's not. Jeez. He's like twenty three. He hasn't even made it yet. That's not because he's been touted. fighting a tough lineup in St. Louis. I hey, listen. I, I'll show you the article after this conversation. But he's in the discussion. We don't want Wallman. Get him out of this league. Oh, you're <laughs> We've got Jake Evans. You got Jake Evans. He doesn't play defense, unfortunately. That's enough. You no, need defense. I mean, you need speed on the back end. You need a puck mover. I mean, in terms of St. Mike's schmucks. Mm, fair. We don't want any more, okay? All right. Well, regardless, Jake Allen aside, it's interesting because these, these two teams, uh, I believe Bruce Cassidy said this, it's, it's almost like you're playing a mere image of yourself. Teams that are very stout on defense, don't give up a lot of opportunities, heavy as heck. Mm. Um, it, 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 it's like you're playing against yourself. Uh, defensive maestros on both sides. Um, you know, the, um, what's, his, what's his name? The, the, the famous Montreal defenseman. The Mountain. No, not the Mountain. Who are you on about? Uh, Larry Robinson. Oh, Argue, the best defenseman in the history of the Canadians, as you know, being a Canadians historian. Um, Larry Robinson, he's, assist, he's an assistant coach with the Blues. He's been helping them turn this around, getting their structure together. But then his disciple, a, a younger guy who, who has learned from him, is the assistant defensive assistant coach on Boston. Hmm. So both teams are implementing the same systems. Wow. It's, it's fascinating. It's like huh. the apprentice and the maestro. 
and and, it, and it's 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 fascinating as hell to see. Um, Maestro and a present. There you go. So it it, it it's going to be a low scoring series. Yeah. Very tight checking. It's not Kyle hockey by any stretch. You're you are going to hate this series. Oh. You have no interest in this series at all. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe none. <clears throat> um, but but I tell you what, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a long one. Battle. That's how I see it going. I want to see character. You want to see character. You'll I see won't character. see that. You'll see O'Reilly. You'll see Bergeron on both sides leading the character charge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. The character charge. Schwartz's character. Schwartz's character, man. Lots of it. Lots of character. Good. Um, but, you know, Boston, they've got a ton of it as well. So it, it it's tight. And, and just to wrap this up, full disclosure, last night on the way back from our, our 10-7 loss, three on three, I hadn't checked the score of game one because we're recording this the day after game one for the record. Dante asked me who I thought I was going to win. And my instinctual reaction was the Boston Bruins. Mm. I told him Boston, and he kind of you know, shook it off and said, you're a dummy. St. Louis is going to win. What did you learn from the San Jose-Vegas series? Go with your heart. Don't go with the mind. It's boring. Always go with your heart, right? So I thought about it. Still like Boston. And then they won game one. St. Louis is up 2 nothing. Pasternak makes a stupid behind-the-net pass. Mm. Jeopardizes his team. But they find a way, and Bennington collapses, and 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 they take this three-two in. If they lost that game, you're down 0-1. You lost your first game at home. That's that's huge. Um, but now they seem to be in the driver's seat. I expect St. Louis will win Game Two. That's just their mo. They lost the first game against San Jose. If you recall, six-three in San Jose. They came back with a great effort in Game Two. So I think it's going to be long either way. Again. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I think Boston wins. That's no. my final prediction. That's my final prediction. I'm disappointed. So I should go with my heart. I Yeah, of course. Especially in this case. Imagine St. Louis wins and you got this on air. Nick, you can't do this. Okay, yeah. I'm going to St. St. Louis Blues will win the Stanley Cup. In seven. Yeah, it's going to have to be in seven. I mean, they yeah. pissed away game one. But it's going to take a lot. Like, yeah, I, a lot. I want them to win. I think they got a shot. But this Bruins team just doesn't falter. They're, they're too darn good. As, as Will said, they're literally in the TD Garden. They're, they're, they're playing in a Covenant spaceship from Halo. It's hard to win there. And, and they're going yeah. to need everything. And... I, they need Vince Dunn back. I think he added a lot on the back end because they, they just look like a bunch of giants on the back end who can't skate. That's what they look like. Mm. Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo, Ooh. Petrangelo, Bomeister, oh Edmondson. You're not going to win. They're all the same. Fuck. You need those guys on your team, but you also need little guys who can distribute the puck. Mm. So they got to get their act together. Boston, look at their look at their back end, right? Three puck movers, Krug, Grizzlick, McAvoy. Mm. The bat, then the three physical guys, Chara, Carlo, Clifton. Balance. Balance. Wow. It's, it's brilliantly made up. And, and that's what we were talking about at the start of this segment. So in the fourth <laughs> line, we saw it last night, right, with, with the Corrali guy coming through, or Achari, right? 
Those two guys will burn you out of nowhere. Uh, Marcus Johansson, arguably the best acquisition at the trade deadline. He's fit in like a glove. Very nice. Coyle, not so bad either. Yeah. David Backus, former captain of the St. Louis Blues. He Ooh, wants retribution. We saw tough. him getting in a skirmish last night with, um, I think it was, uh, I think, I, I forget who it was with, but um, he, he was getting it. He was, I think it was Edmonton he was, he was kind of getting physical with, but. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really good series. The one thing I think Boston dominates special teams. Hmm. St. Louis doesn't have a power play. It's like non-existent. Hmm. Like it's just not dominant. Boston, thirty seconds in, boom, goal. Wow. They're just, you know what I'm saying. They're just they're just built an amazing power play. Burned the Leafs in that game six. They had to win at home. I mean, it's a machine. It's a machine. It, the only thing going for St. Louis in this series is the magic, the destiny, the storyline. Do you believe in magic? Do you believe in miracles, as they say in the movies? I do. I just, uh, I do, but I don't. I just don't know if they deserve this miracle. They don't deserve this miracle. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they have that kind of miracle chemistry. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, for the sake of not feeling shitty, will go for the Blues, and uh, and and we'll see what'll happen here. <laughs> yeah. Again, like it sounds like I like the Bruins more in yeah, this whole conversation. Cheap cop out I answer. really have. I really have. <laughs> it sucks. But at the end of the day, I also don't want to feel bad if my team wins it all. Yeah. And I was on the other side of the fence. So yes. I'll, I'll put my spirits with St. Louis and, uh, and we'll see what happens. How's that sound? Boston and six. Boston and six. Yeah. Buffalo selects Jack Eichel. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Boston and six. And that's only. No, because I've been too bullish on some predictions um, going short. So I'll, I'll say Boston in six. I was going to say five, but in six, uh, St. Louis will win a couple at home. I don't think they're going to win tomorrow. And then uh, it'll be done. It'll be over, and we can uh, rip the Band-Aid off and say, uh, nice try for the team, Nick, and, and we'll get on with our lives and get to the more important matters, which is the draft. Yeah, yeah. Kyle and I were just talking about that before the show. I mean, he's a huge draft junkie, as you guys all know. I myself have been reading more on it, given these these fantastic articles on the Athletic that just really dive deep into these kids. Poorly written, by the way. Poorly written. This this Corey Pronman has has not him and Kyle have not been getting along. No, no. He called me, asked me some opinions, mm-hmm. and I just told him to take to it, take it. his business yeah. somewhere else. So we'll we'll get into that. Like we're not we're not gonna next episode our fortieth episode a big one. We'll be getting into obviously what the heck happened in the Stanley Cup final, as well as the draft. So it's gonna be a hell of an episode. We hope you all tune in. And uh, until then, enjoy the Stanley Cup final. As I said, I think it's gonna be a blast. And uh, until it's all said and done, we will talk to you then. For now, Rink Moose is signing off.